Can we believe that nothing, nothing in all the world can separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, tribulation, trouble, wars, you know, distress, worries, anxieties, sorrows, griefs, persecution, that is when uh, people attack us or when we're, when the nation is at war, uh, when we don't have enough food, when there's actually famine in the land and uh, people can't afford even to put clothes on their back, peril or sword. I mean, when troubles happen, don't we tend to think that God is not working for us, that maybe he's angry with us. Um, dare we believe that nothing in all of these things can separate us from the love of Christ? Well, that's what Paul is about to say, and that is what we need to explore, especially in regard to our own doubts about the issue. Thanks for listening today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to a broadcast on the good news. We explore the good news through the Book of Romans, and of course we dip into other passages of Scripture throughout the Bible to learn what God has done for us and is doing for us in Jesus Christ, His Son, how He saves us. And we also learn how to believe, how to trust this book the Book of Romans, trains our faith. And I hope you will join me every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. But also, uh, you can listen on your smartphone any time of the day or night. Simply download a free app, SoundCloud or Podbean, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or you can go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or faithquest.podbean.com. So Paul, having said that if God is for us, who can be against us, assuring us that God, having given his own Son, will surely with him give us all things, and then reasserting that God is not going to bring a charge against God's people. It is God who declares us innocent. We'll look into the elect issue as we go uh, through Romans 9 through 11, and it will surprise you. It's very, very good news. And um, then he says, who will condemn us? It's Christ who died and stands before the right hand of God, defending us, not before God, but against Satan, who is accusing us, because God is not our accuser, nor is Jesus Christ, because God justifies us through his Son, declares us innocent through the righteousness that Christ has lived on our behalf, in place of us, as a proxy, as it were. And then he says then, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now think of it, tribulation, I mean, it's not easy to think in these terms because um, the United States at present is at peace, relatively speaking, and uh, so we don't know trouble. We don't know trouble like there is in Ukraine and other parts of the world. We don't know famines like uh, the famines, like in Ethiopia. We are not aware of so much difficulty. Of course, we do experience uh, violent weather. Uh, this is, uh, I read years ago in a book on meteoro meteorology, that America has the most violent weather in the world. Um, 
the hurricanes, the floods, the tornadoes, and so on. So we do know trouble of some kind. And of course, there are the personal tragedies that everybody goes through. Now, what Paul is saying here, that none of this separates us from the love of God. That's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? And yet it's what our faith embraces. What our faith says is that the circumstances of life do not dictate whether God loves me or not. Let me repeat that. The circumstances of life, the things that I go through and all the troubles and ups and downs that you and I go through, do not indicate to us whether God loves us. Well, you know, that's important because there are some people who believe, or, well, well, I'll say it as I want to say it, who believe that if you become a Christian, everything will be better and brighter. And, of course, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, if we become Christians, we overcome certain uh, addictions, maybe, or at least temper them, drugs or alcohol and food issues and and uh, uh, sexual temptations or struggles or addictions. And so we are more at peace with ourselves, and one might say we are more at peace with the world. And so there's less trouble. Yet, it cannot be denied that Christians sin and fail and go through the troubles of their own sins and own, and their own failures, nor can it be denied that Christians experience as much trouble from the circumstances of the world as anyone else does. And so we have to come to terms with this. Where is God when these things are happening? Well, according to Scripture, God is still with us, and nothing is separating us from His love. None of these things are separating us. And where does Paul find that persuasion? Notice he said, uh, well, I don't know whether it's in this verse or a little later, where, yes, uh, in verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God. So, Something persuaded Paul. Do you think he had it by a brilliant flash of inspiration, or did he put two and two together and was persuaded by that calculation? And what was the two and two that he put together? Well, it was the presence of Jesus Christ in the world. The fact that Christ came as God's Son representing the Father— and yet went through so much trouble and so much opposition and so much temptation and struggle himself when he was in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, and then the horrendous trouble of being persecuted even to the cross, to the crucifixion, to the worst form of execution that one could imagine lingering there on the cross until one's life through terrible suffering finally expired. And he heard Jesus, or he was told by Peter and others, I'm sure, that Jesus said on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet 
they knew that God had not forsaken him, because he said into my into your hands, dear God, I commit my spirit. And then once he had died, after three days he rose from the dead, confirming that God the Father was definitely still with him. And so Paul concludes from all this, from the reality that Christ brings to the world, that God does not separate his from his people, from his children who believe in him, that the circumstances of the world do not dictate the love of God, do not determine the love of God. And so Paul is able to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? Now, remember, this uh, passage is in the context of Romans chapter 8, which is talking about life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, life by faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What that means is that you and I are living in two kingdoms, one which is very different from the other. The one that we live in, that we were born in, that is natural to us, that we know before we are born again and converted, is the kingdom of Adam, which is the kingdom of sin and death. The whole world knows that kingdom. The whole world knows that existence. Trouble happens. God isn't around. There's no guarantee of eternal life. We don't even know who God is. Guilt, we have to bury it as best we can with our addictions. We try to hide from it. And uh, we're angry and mad all the time. Uh, some people have peace, which comes merely by delusion. But if the true reality were able to strike them, there would be no peace at all. That's the kingdom of Adam. But we Christians have found something else. At least God has revealed it to us. And it is the reality of the kingdom of Christ, which we live in by faith. It's not a kingdom that strikes directly at our emotions like the kingdom of Adam does. It's a faith kingdom, and it's faith in the kingdom which is to come, the real kingdom where eternal life shall exist. Now, in this kingdom of grace, which we now live by faith, none of the troubles that come through the kingdom of Adam are able to separate us from God's love. In fact, more accurately, it's true to say that we experience the troubles in the kingdom of Adam in the kingdom of Christ. That is to say, when trouble strikes, we recognize these troubles are not against me. In fact, they become instruments of God's grace by which I come to know him more intimately. Because when I'm hurt, when I'm wounded, when I'm sorrowful, when I'm grieving, when I'm sick, when I'm in distress over finances or over friendships or over health, then my spirit is drawn up to God as I call upon him for help, as I believe that he's helping me, and as I affirm that these things cannot separate me from him. And so what happens is that the troubles not only do not separate me from God, 
they actually draw me nearer to him. What, an astr- what a strange and interesting idea that is and truth. But that's what we're looking at. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or the peril or, or, peril or the sword? Now, it's one thing to hear that, but it's another thing to practice it, isn't it? To practice belief in it. Troubles come your way. You're, you immediately want to panic or be angry or get distressed or, de- or uh, push God away and not think about him. But then you know what faith is all about. And you say, Lord, there's trouble today. And I'm really wounded by it, and I cannot understand why you have allowed it, and I feel angry towards you. And yet, Father, by faith in Jesus, I will believe. I will believe that this trouble is not against me, Father. I will believe it is actually for me, because it will build my faith. It will push me into your arms, for there is nowhere else to go but you. And so... We recognize that not only does trouble not separate us from the Father and from Jesus, it actually draws him, draws us into his heart. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to help, I wish you would help, please, if you will, because this is supporter, a listener-supported radio and it costs $39 per radio broadcast of 15 minutes, about $200 per week of broadcasts, about $850 to $900 for a month's broadcasts. Would you help, please? Thank you. It would be very much appreciated. Send your donations to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Radio.com. And I do want to thank you for all the support you give and the little notes you send. Thank you so very, very much. It's, it's encouraging. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.